What's up, everyone, and welcome to episode number 43 of Project X Talk, an Xbox podcast. Remember, if you like Xbox or video games in general, make sure to join us live every Thursday here on YouTube. If you can't catch us live, we post every Friday morning on your favorite podcast service. Uh, so go over there, like, share, subscribe, rate us, uh, help us grow the podcast every week. For those that missed it, we have been quite busy over on our YouTube channel at Project X Talk over on YouTube. So go over there. Uh, we've put up a few videos over the last couple of days. We have Tom with his Halo technical test uh, preview. He got to play it. What did he think? Go check it out. We have my review of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. We have my Game Pass and review for Doom Eternal. So we're putting out content, grinding away for you guys, try to get something out on the channel uh, most weeks. We, we're hoping to have a video for you most weeks. So please go check over there, subscribe if you aren't. Um, but I'm your host, Kevin, AKA The Muffin Mon. And I'm actually joined by one person this week, and that is just Tom. So, Tom, how you doing? Good. Great to hear. Um, so, as we do every week here on Project X Talk, we're going to start the show uh, by asking one simple question. And that question is, what's your plan? So, Tom, what's your plan? Yeah. <laughs> so... I've been playing a lot this week. Uh, it's a lot of random games, to be honest. Uh, well, let me just start with the first one that I have a lot of gripe with right now. Uh, okay. The Ascent. <laughs> so, I was hoping you would talk about I was hoping Amon would be here. He probably didn't even play it, to be honest with you. But I was hoping you would start with this one. So lay it on me. I've been hearing a lot about this game. So The Ascent. I can see why the reviews were so shit for this game. Uh, I love the atmosphere. I love like Blade Runner type world, cyberpunk universes. That's like easily one of my top favorite like atmospheres for video games and movies as well. So this has all the recipes for me to have like a great game and a great experience. It's an ARPG, which I love games like Diablo, uh, Last Epoch, for example. Those kind of games are my thing. I love playing those kind of RPGs uh, with the isometric views. This, the atmosphere in this is great. Like they they really make these cities as dense as possible, and it makes it feel alive. Even though this game was only made by what twelve people, such a small development studio, these guys nailed it with that. Like they did, these guys did work. Uh, I am really impressed with what they did, but they fucked up, uh, and I'm gonna say how. So I had to so far create two separate characters. Because my first two were deleted. So I actually made three, I mean. Deleted? Uh, yes, deleted. Completely gone. Completely gone. Uh, so these two characters were about, like, within my three to, they were about three to four hours uh, in each. And, yeah, I just cannot play anymore. It's the worst thing ever. I started my third uh, earlier this week. I haven't looked at the past notes to see it, but either way it goes, that's an extremely horrible first impression. And when I wasn't getting my characters deleted, it was constant disconnections. Mm -hmm. uh, my, I, I played this game all in co-op, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I hear co-op uh, co is a big issue with this game where that's kind of leading to a lot of bugs. Yes, and... 
you know, I, I've heard single player is fine, but I want to play co-op. It's a co-op RPG shooter. I'm going to play it that way. Uh, my friend was constantly invisible. If for some reason me and my friend talked to the same NPC at the same exact time, yeah. it's over. The game crashes at that point. Like we cannot, <laughs> we we can no longer open our inventories. The game doesn't let us quit itself. Uh, we have to go in there and manually like quit the game from the uh, dashboard, where the game does not let us leave. It's. I have no idea. This game was one of my more hyped games of the year, but I, like this really screwed it up for me. Uh, I do plan on going back. Uh, I might give it like a week or two more, but dude, that's a horrible first impression. Those reviews are super fair if they talked about the co-op side of things. Yeah, dude, yeah. three out of ten. That's that's how I feel about the ascent wow. right now. Yeah, I remember yeah. remember last week when I did the review roundup in our part of our news section, and and you and Amon were very much on the uh, opinion that the review scores didn't matter because you're going to check it out anyway. So I was really interested to see. You know, have they played this game? Is it as bad as the reviews were saying? Because there are some pretty critical reviews. I think it's still sitting in the 60s on Metacritic overall for the for Xbox. And it's good to hear that they're you know releasing patches and trying to address some of the problems. But from the consensus I've seen, there are people that love this game, think it's amazing. But there are definitely people that are like, you know, it crashes all the time. You get stuck in cut scenes when you talk to people in co-op. You um, get your progress deleted because the way they handle like co-op and single player saves is very frustrating. Like if you join, you can only have one co-op save at a time or something because it'll it'll overwrite whatever your other one is. So if like you're farther than your friend, he can't join you without jumping ahead or you have to go back. It's a, it's a whole it's a whole thing. Um, so that's really interesting that you're having those experiences. Yeah, dude. And it sucks. I want to love this game. Uh, I did have one funny glitch that I'll mention briefly, though. Like, my friend was completely in a, in a T-pose the entire time. <laughs> uh, and he sees it that way, too. It was like, it was a glitch on both of our ends. Mm. So it wasn't only one side. This, this thing was, like, really fucked up. Uh, when you start loading the game, uh, it shows both of the characters before you even hit play. Yeah. Dude, he wasn't even T-posed in that menu. It, it was like complete, and he also lost all his gear during that T pose glitch. So yes, that also happens. You lose all your gear, um, all your augments, and dude, they they really pulled a cyberpunk with this one. You know, well, they got the cyberpunk they got the, world. They know? got the atmosphere. They got the cyberpunk twenty seventy seven glitches, and you know, fuck it. Yeah. Uh, how another thing I've seen people talk about uh, with the ascent is the difficulty. I've heard some people say that this game is brutally hard. Is that accurate? No. By your reaction, I'm saying it's 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 an overreaction. If you're if you think this game is hard, you you have zero concept of how RPG games are played, and your build probably just fucking sucks. Like I went from the very beginning, I already knew what kind of character I wanted to make, and I went with like a critical damage build. And I did that without looking it up online at all. It was just basic RPG knowledge. I went in there and I shred everything. Just keep as long as you keep your guns upgraded and your, your stats leveled up, and wearing proper gear that actually benefits your attributes, then you'll do just fine. These players that um, are saying it's hard probably just like are like wearing the most random gear that does not support what they're going for at all. Yeah. I've I've also since you brought up the RPG elements and this is turning into a little uh, ascent review, but uh, 
the RPG elements I've heard aren't very good. Uh, I've heard that they marketed it more as this action RPG, kind of like Diablo. Uh, apparently the loot is like non-existent. There really isn't that much of it. Are, are these, in your experience, is there a lot of loot? Like, does it change the fundamentals of the game? No, there's not a lot of loot in this okay. game. And what it's it's hard when they people describe it as it being like, oh, this game's sort of like Diablo. Because even, like, I think, like, a, a couple weeks ago, before they even released the game, they mentioned, the developers mentioned that, you know, the loot in this game isn't really randomized. Like, the, the loot that can drop is, like, what the enemies can have. Like, if they have, a, like, a pistol, it's going to be, a pi- like, a normal pistol. There's no, like, random rolls for the guns. Like, every pistol is going to be exactly the same with that exact same variant. Unless it's a different variant completely. So, it's, it's not really randomized in that way. And... I don't think that's a bad thing for this kind of game. Like the scale of the game is smaller and you get to like, you still get upgrade pass for each individual weapon. So yeah, not random, but you can still progress, upgrade your guns and make them like as powerful as you want them to be. Okay. Yeah. I'm i uh, I'm staying away from it. I'm not a, I'm not a twin stick shooter guy anyway. So I, I imagine people that are like, it's hard might just not be familiar with the type of uh, genre that this game is so um other than the ascent what, what do you got going on so uh one game that i've been playing a lot of and i, I think i brought this up maybe last week or the week prior uh you know it's the it's the my nerdiest game that i have it's uh runescape oh yeah RuneScape. Uh, <laughs> so uh over this last week i swear i put in 20 hours into this game and just playing like i'm playing non-stop like right before i got into this podcast i was playing it on my phone uh and i was doing like they're just the game is so easy to play i guess and that if you want to call it that like a game because on my phone i can just click on something my dude does it for like five minutes straight before the game tries to log me out and i just get experience I mean, it's an easy game. I, I literally, I can literally play this while I'm doing anything else, watching TV, cooking, work. It doesn't like it's. It literally takes no distraction at all. It's easy as hell to play. But even outside of that, I've been playing it after work, and that's when I can actually have fun with the game. Uh, there's a lot of bosses in this game that makes the game like actually enjoyable and that's the reason i play the game and recently i've been going to um going for the higher end bosses and and it's exciting you know i finally completed one of like the top tier weapons you can possibly get in the game and you know they just you just get a dopamine rush every time you get like some crazy loot um, i also yeah. want to mention the, the way i play this game it's it's called an iron man and with an Iron Man, you cannot trade with anybody else. Everything Same. in the game, you have to get by yourself. So literally, it takes away all social aspects of the game. So I'm really just pretty much playing a single player. But I'm enjoying the hell out of it. And, you know, I'm probably going to keep playing it some more. Uh, after this podcast, I might try some if I don't go play some Back for Blood. And For Blood, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Which uh, we'll talk about that. Oh, last game I played the Halo Infinite or yeah, Halo Infinite tech uh, tech demo. So I did put the video out 
yeah, uh, last it. week, and that pretty much gave a brief rundown. And I don't, I I never did a follow up to it like I wanted to, and it's closed at this point, and I don't really care anymore. But I really enjoyed the game, and man, I'm I'm super impressed with the bots in that game. Like they play like when they upgraded the difficulty to the bots to uh, ODST level. Because uh, when I first made that video, they're in a marine level, which were shit easy. I was getting like 20, 30 kill games, like no problem. Dude, in ODST level, these guys play like actual players. Like they don't feel like they're just bots. They, they're doing things that normal players tend to do, like throwing grenades like randomly. Uh, whenever they like, you know, jumping up in the air, tossing a grenade on the floor to try to bounce it up. They do like it's these guys are, it's impressive with what they did with these bots in this game. And I still, in the, I'm in the mindset that, you know, let's not utilize them when we don't need to utilize them. Yeah. But I'm at least hopeful if they're in the game, it's not going to be completely, completely like, you know, a, a crap game just because they play as normally as possible. Yeah, I watched your your video and it only got me more excited for for Halo Infinite. I've been watching coverage all week, listening to people talk about it on uh, various podcasts, and there's there's kind of like a a mixed consensus on bots. I've heard some people say they were really hard and good and played you know tactically like other players, like threw grenades at choke points. But then I've heard other people be like, "Oh, the bots were easy. They just kind of stood there, even on like Spartan difficulty." And I'm just like getting very mixed uh mixed here but from what i've seen of actual gameplay the weapons look sweet the grappling hook looks like a lot of fun zipping around maps i saw someone go like swing under like a a bridge essentially it wasn't like i don't know if it was an actual bridge but like they swung under something it was just a a lot of fun and i'm like man i can't wait to actually get in and play halo infinite which uh we can transition to over to what I've been playing because uh, I got Halo fever, as I like to call it right now. And I, I hit you up last night to play some Halo Master Chief Collection uh, because I've been playing that a lot this week. You know, I a little campaign going back through Halo 1, a uh, little multiplayer undefeated this week. I'm oh, yeah. So, social games. Yeah, I'm not, mm-hmm. not how very competitive, but undefeated in, in social, having an absolute blast, doing way better. I feel like. Maybe maybe I was just like, I don't know. I feel like I played this game before, and I was like, man, I suck at Halo. And now I'm like top of the leaderboard or near the top all these games this week. I'm like, I'm, I'm just feeling it. Something inside me woke up. I was, we were losing last night, and then I wanted like a 10-kill spree and just got us right back in the game. And I'm like, let's fucking go. So I'm all pumped up on Halo. Uh, definitely, you know, it's like a perfect time for to hop back into like a multiplayer, you know, mess around Halo right now because there's not really like any releases out right now that I'm looking forward to that I'm really sinking my time into. My backlog's kind of completed. So Halo's been a blast. Uh, Still been playing Guilty Gear. Uh, I'm almost at the Platinum Trophy on PS5. Uh, I don't know if I'm getting any better at the game. (laughs) Like... I'm I'm doing what I can. I'm winning in the I'm winning in my floor, which is which is I'm a very low ranked floor player. Like a floor four, I think is almost like the lowest you can get before people aren't even playing lower than that. So it just won't rank me up. I don't know what else I gotta do. Like I, I'm winning. Did, did the game have any like extremely hard trophies, or just pretty much like all right? I'm gonna get this anyways just by playing the game. 
Um, a lot of them are just you play the game and you'll get them like to a hundred faultless defense blocks, which you'll just get by playing uh, like do a hundred bursts and Roman cancels. You'll get by playing. There are a few that you had to like go out of your way for play like a certain character and do like a certain move. Um, there's one super hard trophy, which is in arcade mode on the extreme level route, which is the hardest one is to beat the final boss there. And I got to him this week, but I can't even get him below 75% health. He massacres me. I can't touch this character. I'm like, I'm just not good. I don't understand. Like, I don't know what to do. He's teleporting all over the map. I'm like, so that one is, is probably going to be the last one I get, but guilty gear is a lot of fun. Uh, for someone that isn't a traditional fighting game fan, I really like it. Uh, and I got my friend to do it. So when they had crossplay, I got someone to play with. And we can be bad together. Um, besides that, uh, the last game I want to talk about is A Plague Tale. Now, I've raved about this game before on on here, on the channel, you know, everywhere. I, I tweeted out earlier today, play A Plague Tale. That's it. Like, just go do it. Um, so I went back. Because I had already beaten the game last year, waiting for the Series X release. I played it on the Xbox One, and I was like, you know, it looked all right on the Xbox One. It looks phenomenal, the next-gen version. Like, it looks so much better. The lighting. There is a weird draw distance thing with the grass, which is surprising. Uh, that wasn't in the, the old version. Uh, I know Digital Foundry pointed that out, but basically... I went back, I was like, I'm going to 100% this game. I'm going to go back, clean up all the achievements, because I was only missing like 12. Um, so I did. I went back, I did it. I got all the collectibles, which didn't take that long. You know, you just look up a guide, hop into chapter select, yeah. grab it, and then you can quit. Um, the, the last two I needed were like upgrade everything fully, like your equipment. And that I was like, how, how do I do that? Like, I'm still missing a ton. I don't really want to like grind for resources because they have this weird thing where if you go back to an earlier chapter, it resets your upgrades and materials back to what it was when you first played that level. So you basically just have to like grind the last level over and over again, uh, which is a very weird thing to do. I don't really know how they expect you to do it or do a whole nother playthrough because I think there is a new game plus. But good old Google helps me out. So you Google how to upgrade everything. Turns out there's a glitch where go to chapter 10, you hold down the back button uh, during the load screen, and that opens your upgrade menu. So you spawn in with your upgrade menu started. You then have to like maneuver your finger on the D-pad, hold down right bumper, hold down A, let go of the back. Like you trick the game into thinking you're crafting one of your materials. And it, for some reason, upgrades your shit. So I just maxed <laughs> out my upgrade. I'm like, all right, achievement done. No need to grind. Um, but that's not where the story ends. You know, I get, so I got my 100% on Xbox. I have the PS5 version because of uh, PS Plus. PS it, Plus. Was, it was the PS Plus game. And I was like, you know what? I really loved that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually replay it but on PlayStation 5, and I'm going to get the Platinum. So last night, I hopped in, started playing it fresh on my PS5, and I am on Chapter 10 already. 
out of 16 because once you once you can skip all the cutscenes because I know the story, once you know where everything is, you can fly through this game. So I am only missing like thirteen trophies at this point. Like I am smashing this game out. I'm gonna finish this probably by Monday if I had to guess. Like you know, knowing my my weekend schedule, so I'm gonna get the platinum over there, and then I will have it on both consoles. This game is just I. I love it. I love the story. I love the gameplay. I love the world. You love the story, but it's skipping the cutscenes. But yeah, I've already seen the story. <laughs> I know the story. I played it before. I played it before. There's nothing new there for me. Um, and the, and the story gets told while you're playing throughout. My my one issue I want to talk about is uh, a Plague Tale on PS5 does not run as well as the Series X version. And that's because the Series X version has a hidden 120 FPS mode. If you have a 120 hertz screen and set your console up, it actually unlocks the frame rate. And then if you have VRR, so it can, on Series X, I'm getting way better frame rates. And because PS5 doesn't have, even though it's locked to 60 on PS5, it doesn't have VRR. So there is screen tearing. There is uh, quite a uh, quite a bit of screen tearing at points on the PS5, and it's noticeable. But that's that's what I want to you know take a shot at PlayStation there. But dude, you became like the most avid PlayStation uh, trophy hunter like that I've <laughs> known for like ever. Dude, it's like every week talking about I'm getting the platinum for this game for that game. Boom, Plague's Tale. Here we go. I. I haven't. I don't have that many platinums. I only have a few. Um, what, what's a few to you? Because like I have like I have like eight. Oh well, I don't have I don't have eight. This is my first PlayStation, so I have Astro's Playroom, um, Persona Five Royal, Bug Snacks. I'm gonna get Plague Tale. Gonna get Guilty Gear. So that's like five. Do I have any other ones? I don't know if I have any other ones. So that might be it. Uh, so, you're on, you're on you're on pace to beat me. Yeah, yeah. Considering oh, yeah. like mine's is like eight platinum from like the six seven years I had a PlayStation. So yeah, and and Xbox, I literally have had one one hundred percent game before this year, and that was like FIFA fourteen. So <laughs> I I've got Scarlet Nexus now. I got Plague Tale. It's just something something in, it feels good, and I'm not gonna do it for every game because some of them have bullshit achievements or trophies like Death Door. Death Door is nonsense. I do not have the time or patience to 100% that game. But I'll the dopamine Tale, rush, Plague Tale, I got time. Yeah, yeah. It's seen. It's even more satisfying when you you see it pop the final one. Like ah, oh, so good. It all worked out. But yeah, if they're easy and I got the time, might as well. You know, I don't. There's no game I'm looking forward to until 12 minutes, which is in two weeks. So we're all, that we're is all coming good up there. this month. Yeah, I can't is. wait for that. All right. Well, that that's all I've been playing. So we can uh, we can move on now and navigate the news as we deep dive into uh, the library, as I'm calling it. So we'll start with our headline topic, uh, and it's a rumor. So has Xbox Next device leaked online? This was posted by Twitter user PostUp, uh, screenshots and a write-up of a leaked concept for Xbox's streaming box. The item in question keeps the Series S's white aesthetic, but is much smaller in size. It has a sync button, it has a USB port, it has a LAN port for Ethernet, has a USB-C and HDMI port, 
one can assume the USB on the front is for your controller and the back USB-C is for power. It can also be hardwired, as I said, with the LAN port, but it does support Wi-Fi and it supports party chat. This device, according to the write-up, uh, the design is from earlier this year, looks slightly different now. It was meant to launch in 2021, but COVID. Uh, it's a little thicker and wider than a deck of cards. It's meant to plug into your TV to stream from your home console or utilize Xbox game cloud streaming. Uh, it will also be able to support streaming apps like Netflix, HBO, Disney Plus, etc. So, Tom, I sent you this. I showed you it. Uh, what do you think? We've been we've talked about streaming before. Yeah, I mean, I think we've we've always known that a streaming platform was going to come at some point. Um, in terms of the design, though, I just want to touch on that briefly. It's like a really small Series S, just like the tiniest Series S possible. It's a, I'm, it's nifty, you know. Like it's nothing that I would really utilize. Uh, we've 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 talked about in the past that like you and me are just not cloud gamers. We're that's not our thing, you know. We have dedicated hardware for that. But like, I, it's good that they're coming up with like you know a native solution. Like, it's I would be more incentivized to play cloud gaming on, you know, the streaming box versus like on my phone, which has a smaller screen. Anyways, I'd rather play it on a big screen. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool that something's being, like, not really announced yet, because I guess it's just a leaked. But we know it's coming down the pipeline. Uh, I really do just hope they make it black. I, I don't oh, like... Oh, no. Yes, I, I, I don't like white for, like... I feel like it stands too, like, too much between, like... Right now, like, my entertainment center is just, like, my Xbox right there, and it's black. My entertainment center is black, my Xbox is black. That's all it needs to be. Any other color, it's just way too, it pops way too much. Make a black one, or we're golden. I f I'm not even, I'm not, I'm gonna talk about the, the actual thing in a minute, but I cannot disagree with you more. I wish my Series X could be white. I love that PlayStation made a white console. I love white consoles. The 360, I, I was like, why? Why can't they keep that white aesthetic? I just love it so much more than black. I, I really don't like black furniture and like like i have some of it but like you can see the dust and i just feel like white looks cleaner it it does pop more which i like i, I guess if you're trying to hide it in an entertainment system it might be a problem but i'm not i'm like fully displaying these like hey look what i got i want to see these these bad boys oh see, and the xbox uh 360 wasn't as white either it was like a more like a white beige but even then like when i was growing up with that thing I didn't care about like the way things looked. It was like on top of my dresser, you know? Yeah. I, I didn't, I had my CRT next to it until I got an AZTV eventually. I didn't care. But now it's like, no, I, it needs to look neat. Mm. I, I just want, and I'm not the only one that feels this way. I have a friend. He's waiting. He said as soon as he gets a white Series X, he's, he's shipping this one off and going to buy that one. He will buy a new console just for a white version. You can go to D brand right now and just get up some white yeah, I don't, I don't want I don't want those fake skin. I want all <laughs> natural. All right. I want it to out of the you box. You want to feel the plastic. I want to, yeah, exactly. I want to feel all oh, look so nice. But anyway, anyway, in terms of the actual streaming stick, I think it looks like a neat device. Um, I was thinking, I was like, is this something I would have a use for? And ultimately, I don't think I would personally have a use for it. Um, but I could see, you know, maybe 
maybe this is a device I get for uh, like a like a nephew or like a younger cousin or maybe even my girlfriend. She's been playing Switch with me. Maybe she wants to to try some Xbox games. Uh, get her one dollar for three month X Cloud and just let her you know play out play that. She won't care. She'll just have it in her room. It's easy. She doesn't have to install anything. Doesn't have to worry about you know downloading keeping up a subscription she can just uh, cloud stream it like she would netflix so i can see uses for it there personally it's not for me but i do think it looks like a little neat device i like the fact that they're giving everyone the option to hardwire this next year tv to allow them to use the apps they're kind of making it like a, a fire stick for gaming and yeah. i think that's the next step in getting people into this ecosystem. You know, maybe this comes out at 50, $100 price point. People pick it up and they're like, wow, I really like playing games. Then they see, oh, the Series S, you know, it'll be better than, you know, my, my Wi-Fi connection. Maybe I go pick that up for, for the 300 or maybe they get really into it and they're like, I'm gonna go grab the Series X. So I think this is a great bridging point if, if you say where you pick this up, People get invested, they learn that they love games, then they go invest more in your ecosystem. Uh, or you just stay with the, the cloud streaming. Maybe that's enough for you. Maybe you're, you know, you only play games on your phone and this is another option where you just want to play a little something. Yeah. I, I would say at minimum fifty dollars. And that's like even if you don't include a controller, I think fifty is just fine for that. A hundred dollar version or whatever version it would be with a controller, cool as well. I'd be more incentivized to pick it up for like less, you know. I don't need a controller. I have three Xbox One controllers lying around this room. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking like the the people that are new to gaming probably would need a controller. So I do think they'd probably include a controller in the package, but maybe they have two versions, you know, the people Yeah, two that, SKUs or something. Yeah, one yeah. one without it. It's I think it'll be good, you know. Yeah. It's just it's interesting it was meant to launch this year because I know Phil Spencer has really He's talked about getting into this market, but he's never really committed and been like, we have solid plans for something that's coming soon. But it seems like we'll probably see this next year if the leaks are to be believed. Yeah. One thing I wanted to touch on that I, that wasn't really mentioned either about it is like, so it's going to have streaming apps on it. So we, with being that it has a streaming apps, are these going to be separate versions from the Xbox apps that we already have? Or is this thing is also going to be loaded with like a variant of Windows, just like the Xbox Series Series Xs? Or you know, it's it's a little weird because yeah. it can have streaming apps, but then it's going to let's say it wasn't running the apps natively, like Netflix, for example, like it's streaming streaming Netflix. At that point, you would be like more or less double buffering because you'll be buffering the X Cloud, and then. The Netflix on top of that, so it might not even look as good. So they have to have some sort of native solution on there, just like the Fire Stick does and uh, the, the Roku's and everything. Yeah. So it, it's it's it, I'm interested to see like if it's gonna run some sort of variant of the Windows operating system on there. It'll be interesting. I I didn't think about what it would actually look like when you boot it up. Maybe you know I, I'm I have a, a Roku in the living room, which is the one I usually watch TV on because uh, the, the OLED here is for, for gaming purposes. We don't, we don't soil that with dirty TV, but um, yeah, I like the, the Roku layout where it has like the, the tiles 
Um, yeah. And everyone just has its own app. So I can see them doing something like that because I do think eventually we get to the point where you buy a smart TV and it has the download the Game Pass app. So I think we're moving in that direction. So maybe maybe the streaming stick comes out with um, a, a TV partner and they're like, you know, all our 2022 models are going to have a Game Pass app built into it. But if you have an older model or don't want to upgrade or don't have one of our TVs at all, here's our box. You can stream. I could see that. I think that's a interesting and we will uh we'll hopefully get more developments on that soon uh but we'll move into story number one i guess because that was a rumor so uh <laughs> pulling from eddie makuk over at GameSpot, eric baptiste baptizat the assassin's creed valhalla game director who left ubisoft for ea motive in june has been revealed as the game director for the upcoming dead space remake Assassin's Creed Valhalla was a commercial success and was critically well-received, but many fans did not like the change from Odyssey to Valhalla, so this could cause some concerns. Uh, Tom, how do you feel about Eric taking over for the Dead Space remake? So, what I want to know is like, how heavily involved was this man in the storyline of Valhalla? If you're if it, you're talking just strictly story of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I actually enjoyed it. Uh, just for that front alone, the what I did not like was like you really have to grind a lot just to even get to the story. So I don't know what to expect, honestly. It really just depends on what direction this Dead Space remake is gonna go with. Like, you know, are you gonna keep like a I like you know a normal linear story? then yeah, maybe this guy can do a good job because I actually appreciated the story of what they pulled out in Valhalla. Um, otherwise, if it's, they're going to make it into some sort of you know, semi-open world mess, I, I don't know what to know. Like, I might not like this game. Yeah, so uh, you know my feelings on Assassin's Creed, anyone that's listened, but I actually don't... I'm not overly concerned about this. Um, I think he made the game Ubisoft wanted him to make, and he made it fairly well from critical and commercial success. People really like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So I think he's now an EA motive and he's going to make the dead space that EA wants him to make and that fans want him to make. And by all accounts, that's going to be that linear experience. It's going to be a more true to the original remake with expanded you know, plot points, expanded character development. So I'm personally not overly concerned. Uh, not that... These are two franchises I really, you know, get into. But I think that everyone, you know, anyone writing it off already because of this, because of their preconceived notions about Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, you're kind of jumping the gun. Yeah, we don't know what's going to happen yet. It being a linear experience can change it a whole lot. And I've also never played an Assassin's Creed game of a shitty story. So there's that. Fair point, fair point. Well, again, we will wait to see what happens with that. Uh, if you guys can't tell, news is pretty light this week. Um, so we'll move into story number two, and it's a quick one. Xbox console exclusive Exo Mecha has been delayed until quarter one, 2022. In a statement from Twisted Red, the developer, they state, to provide our players the best quality and flawless gaming experience, we have decided to shift our release from August 2021 
to quarter one, 2022. We want to assure you that the additional time provides our passionate team uh, the opportunity to refine Exomeca as we've always imagined it. As Twisted Red team, we are glad for all your support from the very beginning and thank you for understanding. As for our pre-release tests, we plan to send some private invites in September. Initially, it'll be PC only. Then when it's ready, we'll expand our tests to more people and consoles. So Exomeca was shown at the uh, showcase last year. For anyone that doesn't remember, it kind of looks like Call of Duty meets Titanfall meets um, Chrome. Everything is Chrome. Uh, shiny, reflective. Personally, I don't care about this game. I don't think it looks very good. Uh, I don't think it looks interesting. But And I, that goes to show, I didn't know it was meant to release this month. Like, I had no idea. I don't think this was on our radars at all. Like, anyone on this channel. Dude, I, this, yeah, I think most people forgot. When you mentioned this game, I was like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. I have to look it up. Uh, then I saw the trailer, and I was like, how the hell can this game look so high budget, but also extremely low budget at the same exact time? I wasn't... Like, I, I, it's just something off about this game that, that from all the trailers I've seen. It just looks so weird. And then it, it, I also get, like, a, you ever seen Power Rangers? Yeah. I get like the like the big Megazoid vibe from it too. It's like it's just so weird. You got Chrome Megazords, uh, and then you have these little I don't know military men. Everything is Chrome, and this is the game that has the warthog in it. And they're not even like trying to hide it, right? Like it's just a warthog, but they just re re colored it and named it. Like I really don't get who is looking forward to this game. I think. I think it might be in Game Pass, which may help it. But like at this point, who cares? Who is this message for? First of all, did anyone know it was coming out this month? Secondly, like yeah, probably not. So you might not have even had to release this statement. Just keep on developing your game. <laughs> yeah, just, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there was weird. one guy. There was one guy <laughs> who wanted it. They, you know, they're being real vocal to that one person. Like, damn it! It's the only game I was looking forward to. Uh, yeah, Exomeca, I mean, take the time you need, make a, make a good game, but I honestly don't care. That's kind of where I'm at with this. It's harsh. Um, it is what it is. You know, we tell it like it is here. Uh, story number three, something I care a little more about, uh, your monthly Game Pass update. So, as of today, you can play Curse of the Dead Gods on Cloud Console PC, Dodgeball Academia on Cloud Console PC, Katamari Damacy Reroll on Cloud Console PC, uh, Lumi's Remastered Cloud Console PC, Skate comes to console, Skate 3 comes to the cloud, Starmancer Game Preview comes to PC. Those are all available today. On August 10th, Codemaster games are being added to EA Play and subsequently Game Pass Ultimate. So Game Pass Ultimate members will be able to play Dirt 4, Dirt Rally, Dirt Rally 2, F1 2020, and Grid as of August 10th. August 12th, Art of Rally comes to Cloud Console PC. August 13th, Hades comes to Cloud Console PC. August 17th, Microsoft Solitaire Collection comes to PC. And then it cuts off, but we do know that August 19th, uh, 12 minutes is coming, but they'll save that for the second update of the month. Uh, Tom, anything piquing your interest here? 
nothing that I'm personally well, Hades. Come on, we're gonna I'm gonna play Hades again. I had it on my Switch. Um, I want to play it now in 4K. Um, Curse of the Dead Gods. Uh, highly recommend anyone who. So I've talked about this game a couple months back, and when I described that, I mentioned it. Hades, but way more roguelike. Take away the story of Hades. Mm-hmm. It's just more bare bones. Uh, and it's it's just a fun game. It's a fun adventure. Uh, and now that it's on Game Pass, I mean, not no one has no excuse not to try it at least. Uh, it'll it'll get you into like the mood of maybe you know getting wanting to play Hades when that does come out. The gameplay is like exactly the same between the two games. Yeah, it's but it's interesting. Just, oh, sorry, uh, I was gonna it, say it's interesting you bring that up because I was gonna I was gonna ask the exact opposite. If Curse of the Dead Gods and Hades are kind of competing now because they are similar in genre, maybe it's a weird choice to throw them both on Game Pass. Around the same time, I don't know. Like, I feel like a diff. They have similarities for sure, but I feel like Hades is also going more for a story to go along with their roguelike, which is not really a you know you don't really see that too often. And their progression in that game is also, I want to say, easier. So, I think they're going for two different markets. I feel like if you love roguelikes. And you want something more hardcore, you definitely go for Curse of the Dead Gods. If you're someone just jumping in for the first time, you've heard of like Hades being a roguelike. It's easy. Just, you know, they I feel like they're different enough that they don't have to fight for the same audience. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of roguelikes or roguelites or whatever you want to call them. Cause honestly, I'm so sick of I don't know if anyone saw. There was a video today, uh, kind of funny's YouTube channel, put out a uh, video blessing uh, Adioya Jr. He wrote, he broke down what the difference between a roguelike and roguelite is. And I'm just like, it's so stupid. They're basically the same thing. This, If anyone actually cares about the differentiation between those two, I don't know who they are. I've never met a single person that cares. Like... I cannot tell you what they are. I yeah. know I've I know I've played both roguelikes and roguelites. To me, it's like okay, I die and lose my shit. I mean, that's yeah, pretty yeah. much it. No, so I'm not a fan of that style of gameplay. So these games don't really do much for me. Maybe I will give Hades a try because just because of the critical acclaim it got. Like, I'd like to believe there's a reason that everyone was like, it's game of the year. It's so amazing. So. Maybe I will try that one if I get some time. Uh, but 12 minutes, like I said, is really the one I'm looking forward to in the later half of the month and then Psychonauts 2. So the second half of August is for me. Out of these, if I had to pick one, I'm picking Katamari Damacy re-roll. I'm going to roll up the planet, yo. PS2, mm-hmm. yeah, throwback. Hey, did you ever play that on PS2? Yeah, I, I forgot to mention it too. I love that game. You know, just coming up with the biggest ball until you like have like the hugest gravitational pull ever. It's just stupid fun. Yeah, it's dumb fun. Don't you like shoot them into space and make stars or something? Uh, no? Maybe maybe in mm-hmm. one of them. There were they, uh, I don't think there's, there's been a couple of the dogs. There's Katamari. multiple games. Yeah. I did not know this. Oh my word. I thought there was one and they just kept like re-releasing it. You know, I have no idea now. Maybe I feel like there's been more. I feel like when I had the PS2, it was multiple Katamari games that I had. Mm. Uh, if anyone's listening, please 
comment and and tell us about Katamari Damasi. But uh, yeah, if I had to pick one, that would be it. Um, also, leaving Game Pass uh, August eighth is Grand Theft Auto Five. Leaving August fifteenth is Ape Out, Crossing Souls, Darksiders Genesis, Don't Starve, Train Sim World, and Final Fantasy Seven. So. I'd like to believe Final Fantasy VII is leaving because uh, we're going to get Final Fantasy VII Remake soon, but that's just a, a pipe dream that's never going to happen, even though I did just beat that game. I just want it on Xbox, you know? I just want everyone to play it because it's it's phenomenal. And I was a little uh, not sold on it when I beat it, but then I listened to some podcasts about the ending, and I'm like, oh, man, I didn't even catch most of this shit, but I'm in now. Let's go. So, yeah, if you want to play any of those, uh, you have until August 8th or 15th. So, make sure you go get those. Uh, We'll move into story number four, pulling from Darren Bonthos over at GameSpot. Publisher Curve has announced that new Xbox exclusive, The Ascent, has earned more than 5 million in sales in its opening weekend. The Ascent was also top of Steam's global charts, and coverage of the game has generated more than 10 million views on YouTube. Uh, shout out to us for contributing to those views. Um, is developed by Neon Giant. Curve added, The Ascent is the first game where our team has been able to substantially mark, make their mark, working closely with developer and our platform partner. The Ascent launched on Game Pass. So Tom, I want to ask you, does this show Game Pass is not a concern to traditional buying of video games? And we can stop with this argument. Yeah, I mean, if people want to buy the game they're still gonna players love buffing up their library like as huge as possible so of course they're gonna go out of their way on steam and buy the game um yeah dude they have nothing to worry about microsoft knows exactly what they're doing with uh different they're gonna be more willing to purchase these games, even if they can get a free option. I don't think it really matters. Yeah, I, I I echo the sentiments that if people really want to own the game, to buy it, to have it in their catalog forever, then they're just going to do it, especially with The Ascent, where it's not a full-price game. It is an indie game. Yes, Game Pass helps, but I think we've seen with Death's Door, uh, you don't need to launch in a Game Pass to be successful. Death's Door... They tweeted, Acid Nerve tweeted out that they had 100,000 players in the first few days. 100,000 people bought Death Star. Yeah, and that, that was is, only an Xbox game, right? And, and, and PC, but 100,000 players is phenomenal for a small indie game. That, that game was made by less people than The Ascent. So it's even a smaller team, and it's massively critically acclaimed, and now it's a commercial success for, for that small team. They're getting what, $20 times 100000 They're making millions of dollars on, on that title. And Devolver is a good publisher for indies, so I imagine a lot of that is going directly to them. So I don't think you know, that you need to launch on Game Pass and, or that it hurts it. Game Pass is not, is not the end-all, be-all. It's just an option. And I think exactly. that's what it comes down to. And down the line, you know, when once the sales start dropping off as they always do within like the first month or so, then they can drop it on Game Pass like down the line and maybe be more willing to do it. And then they even get more money from it. There's zero, there's like no downside to it. 
it's just a new atmosphere of gaming. Absolutely. I, I think we need to get over this um, hump that we have where it's like Game Pass, you know, if it doesn't launch a Game Pass, I'm not buying it, which apparently people, only a small subsection of gamers actually has that mentality. And that's good to see because these indie studios, they work hard, they make great games, they deserve it. Now, like we said at the, the top of the show, I don't know if The Ascent is one of those great games that deserves it, but maybe this is the you know financial success they need to go and make their next game really knock that one out of the park. Yeah. I really wish it just delayed it a little bit. I feel like this is one of those cases where like I'm gonna even blame Microsoft on this. Like you guys knew this thing was not ready. These guys needed some more time on their game. And you guys allowed them to let this come out on your product, which is Game Pass, which impacts the entire product as a whole. Don't let your day one releases come out in a such a buggy state, guys. It impacts your appearance as well, on top of the developers. Yeah, I've seen that echo stated, uh, you know, that sentiment stated a few times, where I think it was uh, Mr. Matty Plays, he was talking about how maybe Microsoft needs to add some sort of quality control to the products they're adding to Game Pass. And I think the problem is that they sign those deals ahead of time, and then they don't get to control when the game launches, right? The, de- the developers and the publishers still have control over when the game launches. So I doubt Microsoft played the Ascend ahead of time and was like, oh my God, this game is so buggy. We can't let this go in because we've had games like Outriders and games like Dark Alliance launch into Game Pass where personally, I think those games a lot of fun. I had fun with both of those games for the time I played them, but they are buggy as hell. They have a lot of technical issues. And just like The Ascent, some people love them. A lot a lot of people don't, but it does sometimes make it look like Game Pass is a quantity over quality product where you're just shoveling games in. Yeah, and it can seem like that at times. And I, I guess that, that makes sense. It, make, it makes sense. They don't really have control. They, they they're at the mercy of one that developed like one that's going to be released anyways. I don't know what they can do. I mean, maybe to incentivize. Like I don't even know what you can do. Like they have there has to be something in your contract you can put in there to try to be like, well, if you release it in this buggy state, we're going to give you less money now. There has to be something you can do. It's possible that maybe they add like a a bonus type structure. Like, hey, if your game comes out and it's rated above an 85, we'll throw an extra 100,000 at you or something like, you know, you know, some sort of like bonus structure where they reward developers for actually taking the time, making their games polished instead of just get it in our service as quickly as possible. And we're just going to blindly trust that you're going to make a game up to the standards that we would hold our first parties, you know? Exactly. So, uh, shout out to Happy Cloud Gamer in the chat. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, glad to hear that you like XCloud. Uh, as I said, neither Tom and our, Tom nor I uh, use it, but our two panel members who are not here, uh, they do use it and they like it. So uh, please let us know your experience with it. I've heard mixed reviews about it. I've I've heard you know people have lag, latency, but other people say it's it's pretty flawless. So 
drop that in the chat and we'll uh, we'll get back to you. But move into our last news story for the day before we shut up shop in the library. Uh, Embracer Group is on a buying spree again. This is from Marie Delessandri over at GameIndustry.biz. Embracer Group today announced the acquisition of eight new studios for a combined $313 million. Uh, the eight studios they've acquired are Crazy Labs, Easy Trigger, Force Field, Digix Art, Flipgate Ironworks, 3D Realms, Grimfrost, and most notably, in my opinion, Ghost Ship Games, developers of Deep Rock Galactic. Embracer Group has been gobbling up studios left and right, and now have a combined 77 studios in their umbrella, including Gearbox and THQ Nordic. Uh, Tom, we were talking a few weeks ago about Tencent buying everything, you know, getting Chinese uh, communist money into the gaming industry. Embracer Group, not, not from communist China, but should we be concerned that they now control 77 studios? No, I mean, Devolver, their studios are generally smaller indie-sized studios to begin with. Right, so I don't think it's anything to really worry embracer. about. Yeah, yeah, embracer, embracer. Yeah, yeah. So, like, none, none of the games, um, none of the studios that you, they, um, you mentioned on that list there, I have no idea who they are. Uh, and, until you mentioned the one for the Who Made Deep Rock Galactic, so they're. I can't imagine these. They make big games to begin with. I'm not worried about it though. They're are they a, a, like an American or like Western centric company? I believe so. I think they're European. That's a Western-centric. Either way, yeah. I, I'm fine with it. I, I'm fine with that. I, oh. There's a huge difference between them and Tencent buying everything yeah. out. Yeah. All I know is that Embracer buys literally everything they can. The guy that owns Embracer, like the, the billionaire or who, who's like backing all this, He's like made it a point that he wants to own as many video game IPs as possible. My problem is that, yes, now the studios are financially stable, but they're not doing anything with so many of these IPs. We are seeing them bring back IPs. Uh, I know Time Splitters uh, just got, uh, right? Was it Time Splitters? Yeah, time, they're making a new Time Splitters game. Um, Painkiller. Painkiller at Summer Game Fest, they announced they're bringing back Painkiller. So there's a whole list of IPs that they are reviving. And I know THQ Nordic, you know, they just did the SpongeBob remaster a few, was that last year already? Yeah. Um, wow. Time flies in, in quarantine. But they put out games that I like to think are kind of like a, uh, a, a, a double A at best. So I don't really think that there's something to worry about. Because they're not making these AAA games that are taking $100, 200000000 million to pump out. Like I said, they bought all these studios for $313 million. That's eight studios for $313 million. That is almost as much as uh, Insomniac. And they're never going to make a game to the level of an Insomniac game. We don't know that yet, though, you know? So I feel like they're investing in like smaller studios. And, you know, eventually down the line, one of them will of hopefully hit it big and get lucky with some, one of the, their releases. And then that's when they can go all in with it. Since they're, they can, they can definitely be at some point, like be like Activision here if they push to it. But they're still, 
you know, like a small flower and things. They have to bloom still. Yeah, I mean, their biggest studio is probably Gearbox, right? They own Gearbox, yeah. and they're the only ones pumping out these AAA games. Yeah, I mean, but we already know what Gearbox is going to come out with. More Borderlands. Some... Oh, no, Tiny Tina's uh, Wonderland, actually. <laughs> it's not Borderlands. It's, uh, it's kind of Borderlands. It, it's kind of Borderlands. It's not Borderlands, though. It's Borderlands almost... and Borderlands Light is what, <laughs> is what uh, Gearbox is pumping out. But I'm ultimately not worried about Embracer Group. Uh, to me, this is just some guy who loves video games spending his billion of, billions of dollars uh, and helping out indie studios is really what's going on. Like He's just funding indie games, mobile games. And occasionally gets a big purchase like Gearbox, but we all know what's going on over Gearbox. They're not um, not really in the best position. Their leadership is bad. We're just gonna come out and say it. Like uh, you don't like their leadership. You don't Randy, like the magic shows we see sometimes, like on any three showcases. Randy Pitchford is a crazy human being. I, I, fo- I, I follow him on Twitter, and. He's interesting. He's an interesting guy. That's all I gotta say. All right. Well, that's all we got for the news. So I'm shutting the library down. And we're going to move into our fun topic of the week. Now, uh, I was hoping more people would be here. Luckily, we have some viewer write-ins. First, one of our first times ever where I actually put out a viewer question and people responded. Hmm. I'm starting to think maybe our pat maybe we need to ask specific questions engaged at the audience. Um, and now, Cloud Gamer in the chat, feel free to answer this along with us, and we'll get your submission in here. But Tom, I want to ask you, what game is your current game of the year? Do you see it changing? And what game do you think could take that spot? So I thought about this, and it was really hard. I was like, God, I hate these kind of things. Like, am I going to give it to Sea of Thieves, which I put in like five, seven days worth of hours this year alone? Mm, maybe not. So honestly, it, my, my current game of the year, and we're not going for like, it, it could have came out last year, right? We didn't care about that. Okay. So it was going to be uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon. Uh, like. I have not played any other game this year that surpasses that in terms of narrative, uh, engagement, gameplay, uh, you know, fun mini quests, uh, mini games that can do it. This game has it all. And, you know, it's one of the games that you've raved about last year. And I'm a I'm a huge believer of Yakuza Like a Dragon. That's right. If Yakuza Like a Dragon 2 came out this year, that would be the only game that I can think that can topple it. Uh, But no, what would topple it, I would say, I I really do have high hopes of Halo Infinite. I feel like that's going to be the game that's going to overtake this at the end of it. That's my current prediction, but we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Um, well, I'm glad Yakuza are getting more love. As as you know, I'm always one to support that game. Uh, shout out to everyone else. Uh, Lord Cognito, homie of the channel, uh, also raves about it on Twitter all the time. Him and I tend to team up on people. But uh, yeah, great, great choice, even though it didn't come out this year. But I think Halo Infinite is probably going to be a recurring theme uh, because if we want to go to my selection 
currently my game of the year is Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. And I know it's a PS5 game, but it is honestly the most fun I've had playing uh, a video game this year. Yes, it's short. I platinum it. In, oh, I Ratchet, platinum. Ha! Ah, I platinum Ratchet too. There's another <laughs> one for the list. Uh, in 14 hours, but those 14 hours were full of uh, humor, full of good re- relationship building between characters, character development, the story. It's the most beautiful game I have ever played. It's hands down. It's the, it's gonna maintain. It's gonna be a while before I think we switch that up. But um, yeah, that's currently where it is. If I had to give other honorable mentions, Scarlet Nexus is probably up there. Um, but it falls short. I do have some critiques with the the combat gameplay loop and the story. Ultimately, even though I think both of them are really good, I do ha- find criticisms there. And uh, Death's Door is probably the other one. Um, unless I want to count Plague Tale, but I played that originally last year, so I'm not counting that for this list. Otherwise, Plague Tale would be like right up there with Ratchet because that game is phenomenal in the next gen versions. But in terms of what games do I think could take that spot? I do think Psychonauts 2 has the ability to take my game of the year because I do love 3D platformers. I love mental health. Um, I have a psychology degree for anyone that doesn't know. Uh, So that's a topic that interests me. So I'm really excited to see how Tim Schafer and the team over there really dive in and combine video games and mental health and, and make it a fun and trippy experience for everyone. Halo Infinite, obviously. Uh, super excited. I, as long as the camp, if the campaign is as good as even Halo 3, I will take a Halo 3 style campaign. Uh, but I don't know. It has the possibility. I just can't say with all certainty that it's going to be my game of the year. Uh, everything is building up to it potentially being there. But until November rolls around, I don't know. I, I, I want to see more. I want to get my hands on it. Maybe if I played the technical test like you did, I'd be more, you know, committing to to Halo Halo Infinite. But I can't right now. Uh, Happy Cloud Gamer. I was thinking about this. I love Control from last year, but I'm a big Halo fan, so Halo Infinite I think will be that for me. But we are still getting Crossfire X, and I love that studio. Uh, not t- sorry, my text was not super good. Not as fine, Cloudy. Uh, happy gamer we we got what you're you're picking up or putting down i picked up what you're putting down so remedy obviously you're saying uh control control is great great game love control i played the ultimate edition it's phenomenal crossfire x they're doing the story for right i always get it mixed up yeah one day it'll come out but yeah 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 one day uh supposedly still this year so maybe i don't know how i don't have high hopes for it i think it's going to be a standard military shooter I don't think it'll be anything like control, but dream high. You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shoot you down. But again, we see Halo Infinite coming up. He says Halo Infinite. Um, Tom, do you have anything to say? I want to get some of our, our viewer mail in here, our, our viewer responses. I don't have anything else to add to this. All right. Well, viewer responses to this question. We have Lucas Agan. Uh, from the Land Parties podcast, friend of the show. He says, so far, I love Mass Effect and Little Nightmares 2. I could see it changing if Halo Infinite comes out and is super amazing. That could take top spot for me. So Mass Effect, a game I love. He's talking about the Legendary Edition, obviously. I replayed the whole thing. But Little Nightmares 2, 
I don't have any familiarity with Little Man Nightmares. Is that anything you've played? Yes, fun game. Uh, actually, the Little Nightmares came out on Games of Gold, I think, like two months ago, the fir- uh, first one, uh, in preparation for the release of the second one. Really good game. It's a nice platformer. Uh, a lot of the things, you will get a lot of the same vibes that you get in, like, uh, Psychonauts with the whole, like, you know, like Jack Skellington vibes with like, you know, I feel like that's the art style that, that game goes for as well, but it's like 2D, it's a 2D, 3D uh, platformer. Okay. It's not really a horror game. Like it has, obviously it's a horror theme because you play a little kid. So everything in his mind is like a lot worse than it actually is. I, that's a good one that he chose. I, I haven't played the second one at all, but it's definitely on my go-to list eventually. Interesting. Now you kind of piqued my interest there. I did not know it was a platformer, so might have to check that out. Um, give it a give it a look. But again, he brought up Halo Infinite, so people are really banking on Halo. Now, Brenton Bestwick from the BXG podcast, a podcast I've appeared on, uh, says probably Ratchet for me. With Horizon getting delayed, I don't see anything on PS5 competing. Halo's a contender. I admit I've not played Returnal though. And Far Cry looks good. Uh, he also says, but it also looks like Far Cry. Um, so, yeah. He says Ratchet, agreeing with me, backing up the, my claim, Ratchet is the best game this year. And then he also says, but that's probably just because Horizon got delayed. Now, we all know my feelings on Horizon. I don't... Horizon's trash. I, it's a bad game. I, I don't care. It's, it's a bad game. Yeah, you were talking crap about like the stuff elements. Like, Do you want to be a stuff game or not? It's bad. No, the stealth is the only good part of Horizon. Everything else is bad. The combat's bad. The story's bad. The characters are bad, except Aloy. But, yeah, 2022. So, not happening this year. Again, brings up Halo. Also brings up Far Cry. Returnal. I'm not going to play Returnal. When you finally get a PS5, are you going to play Returnal? No. I have zero interest in that. So... Mm. It looks neat, but I'm not interested in it. If I get a PS5, the first thing I'm going to get is like Demon's Souls, which is sort of a roguelike, but I'd rather play that instead. Mm, okay. All right. All right. Fair enough. Uh, we'll go to Kyle Hiller from SideQuest Enthusiast, uh, also personal uh, friend of the, the show. Uh, he was the guy, I, I won his Smash Brothers tournament. Gave me that $200. Mm. Um says, does my game of the year have to be from 2021? Because if not, it's definitely looking like 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim is going to win it for me. Not really over the moon with anything else from this year. You familiar with this game? I have never heard of this game at all. No, you never heard of it. No, never heard of 13 Sentinels. So, 13, let me tell you about 13 Sentinels, alright? It's, uh, it's from Atlas. You know, the company that makes Persona. It's a JRPG, shocking, but it's uh, kind of like a 2D visual novel-esque art style kind of going on. It has a very unique art style, is what I will give it. Um, I don't know if the game is for me. I'm probably not going to play it, but I have heard really good things about it. It's just the art style does put me off. I'm going to be honest with you. So like, if you want to look that up after the show, go for it. I don't, it doesn't personally appeal to me, but it does have good reviews and people do like it. Surprised you haven't heard of that one. 
Yeah, I like JRPGs. I just this one I never heard of it. Yes, Happy Cloud Gamer. Forza Horizon Five looks really good. They showed they showed some newer gameplay. I think like earlier this week that looked fantastic, like in the in the desert and everything. It looks crazy. Cars. Um, BitHud podcast says Scarlet Nexus. The combat loop is fantastic. Story is pretty weebish though. Now listen here, BitHud podcast. I love Scarlet Nexus, but I, I'm also a weeb. And it is weebish, and that's a good thing. Weebs, don't let anyone tell you being a weeb is bad. We have good stories. We have good things going on. People are just jealous. We also have bad things, you know? Name one of them. Fan service. I hate that the most out of anything regarding anime and JRPGs. I don't like that. I, I don't like it. It's just, I don't need that. I can't agree with you. I can't agree with you. Okay. All right. I, I think it's cringy as fuck. When I, whenever I see like some sort of fan service, like uh, fairy tale, Lucy, she's the, she, her entire character is like pretty much like fan, constant fan service. And I just hate it. suck though. Lucy sucks though. <laughs> you can, I, I think there's a line where you get to too much fan service. They have to be a good character as well. Like I'm fine with a little fan service. Yeah. Give everyone what they want. This whole industry is built on this, Tom. The weebs, we're a strong bunch. We unite. No, we do. I'm divided. I'm divided with them. Uh, Happy Cloud Gamer says, Moonglow Bay is my pick for indie game. I've never heard of that game. I never heard that either. I'm going to have to look that up. I'm going to I'm I'm check that out after the, after the show. Happy Cloud Gamer. Uh, our last write-in for the show. Uh, Nerd Bomber from the Iron from the Online Warriors podcast. I almost said Iron Lords. He's, yeah. she's, she's from the Online Warriors podcast. Says Ratchet and Clank is currently her game of the year, although Sackboy and Maneater are runners up. She's hopeful Deathloop, Guardians of the Galaxy, or Kenna Bridge of Spirits gives Ratchet and Clank a run for their money. So another support Ratchet coming out on top, baby. That's all I'm seeing. Um, I can so see Kenna. I have I actually do have high hopes for that game. I have high hopes for it too. I was pretty sad when it got delayed. Is it not coming out this year? No, it is. It's coming out September now. It's supposed to come out at the end of the month. Okay. Yeah, so I'll was, keep my eyes on that one for sure. Yeah, it was just a month delay, but I, I do think it looks beautiful. Gorgeous art style. Looks like a Pixar movie, uh, probably because animators are making it. It's their first game. I don't know if that's going to be game of the year, maybe indie game of the year if it really turns out to be good. Um, although I, Again, have uh, reservations about calling it an indie game. I don't care about Deathloop at all. I'm so sick of de- seeing Deathloop. I'm so sick of hearing about Deathloop. I I don't I don't want to talk about Deathloop anymore. I'll, I'll care about Deathloop whenever it comes to Game Pass, and even then, I might not care. Yeah, and Guardians of the Galaxy. While I do think Guardians of the Galaxy looks decent, I Doubt it'll be a game of the year for me. I don't know, man. It you, like from everything that I've heard, it's not going to be like Marvel Avengers games. Too. Yeah, it's a single player game. Yeah, yeah like I, I, it can be freaking good. Like the, I thought the story of Marvel's Avengers was good, and that was like an online focused game. If they put like a hundred ten percent into this thing, I think it could be amazing. Hopefully, they don't mess this up. Hold up, 
You played Marvel's Avengers? Yeah. I thought the story was amazing. Like, I, I, I loved it. I How loved much did it. you pay for it? I bought, I paid full price for that game. Oh. Oh, Tom. Oh, you got swindled, my man. You know, I got my 10 hours worth of the campaign. It's fine. You get... Crystal Dynamics robbed you blind. I'm never going back to it, by the way. I don't care about their expansions. Black Panther. So you... Wakanda yeah. forever. Yeah, yeah, I don't care. I'm sorry, guys. You guys keep pumping out the expansions. I'm never going to play it. And on that note, we're going to end the show. That's all we got this week, guys. Uh, it's a short news week. Uh, I think at the moment, current consensus is Ratchet and Clank Game of the Year. Um, but it was interesting seeing all the same titles kind of in the conversation for everyone's Game of the Year. And a lot of people banking on Halo. So 343, don't fuck this up. That's all I have to say. Your last chance. <laughs> Seriously, though. like I'm not giving you another chance. <laughs> You've had three now, so you better get this one right. But uh, everyone, thank you for stopping by, watching the show. Make sure to like, share, subscribe. Uh, I've been Kevin, a.k.a. The Muffin Mon. That's a one instead of an I and an O instead of an A. You can find me. That's all. All our socials are down below. Tom, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter, at AlpacaTom. On YouTube, Broken Control. And on Xbox, if you want to play with me, I might be on Back for Blood later. You can find me on Way Too Greasy. We will see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. Bye.